0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Mark Willis about how he helps individuals create wealth and predictability. Mark Willis is a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money, your economy and your future. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everyone lose their retirement savings and home equity in 2008, he knew that he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives and those of his clients. Mark is a certified financial planner, a three time number one best selling author the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois, and a co-host of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Over the years, he has helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven, tax-efficient financial solutions, unknown to most financial gurus. He has become known as Not Your Average Financial Planner. Welcome, Mark.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on.
0: It's great to have you on today. It'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Virginia. Where do you want to go first? I'm ready to to take you out, to run wherever you want to run.
0: Ooh, <laughs> zigzags. <laughs> How did you kind of get to where you are today? Are you still what you did in college?
1: Not at all. No. <laughs> like most <laughs> uh like I feel like many people I've met and gotten to know over the years, you know, I've had the privilege of getting to work with real estate investors, business owners, and so many people. I'd say a, even a majority of people are not doing what they studied in college, which that's a whole podcast conversation right there. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I uh, graduated from my undergrad and graduate school degrees with um, my biggest <laughs> lesson you might say learned was I had a, a a giant amount of student loan debt that I had to pay off. In fact, my wife and I joke and say that I married two women in college. I married my beautiful wife and I married uh, Sally May, which is a student mm-hmm. loan processor here in the United States. So Uh, We had a major problem uh, getting her out of our relationship, and uh, it was almost like another mortgage payment, uh, paying that giant debt off every month. And that's actually what got me focused. It wasn't the degree necessarily that I was trying to implement in my life. It was learning about money. The first, I guess, class of adult life was realizing that, yeah, my student loans actually wanted to be paid back uh, (laughs) after graduating. So I got in the business of trying to pay those off.
0: It's sad how we don't really learn too much about, I'm going to say real world money in school.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's funny money. Yeah. I remember just signing my life away in a a dingy hotel room just outside the college campus and uh, not really understanding what I was doing. I was told, those are such dangerous words, Virginia. I was told. I was told (laughs) that it was good debt. Just like I was told to get a credit card. Just like I was told to get a 401k. Uh, when I got my uh, full-time job, you know, you we are all just told to do things, and we gladly fall in line. We are like lemmings, and if we're not careful, we'll go off a cliff.
0: Mm, that's sad. <laughs> so, how long have you been a financial planner?
1: Uh, I got in the business of finance uh, when we were in the midst of trying to pay off my own debt. Um, my uh, my first entree into the financial universe was with a CPA in 2009. I was helping to prepare tax returns for her. And she was an incredible uh, professional at what she did, nationally recognized CPA. As it happened, though, it was in the middle of 2008's meltdown. And I overheard some calls, some client conversations she would have. And she would say absolutely devastating things to her Clients like, I'm sorry, Mr. Client. I know you're 63 years old and ready to retire, but I just lost you half your life savings. Sorry about it. You know, I mean, she did it with a little bit more uh, grace and humility <laughs> than that, but that's essentially the upshot of the conversation. And honestly, I was just my stomach turned every time I'd hear those calls, and I almost got out of the business of finance altogether. Mm-hmm. I wanted nothing to do with that, I didn't want to have that conversation. And so that was my entrance into the financial universe. It kind of felt like being dropped into the front lines of a war, to be honest with you. Um, And I almost got out of the business, but I found strategies that didn't rely on market volatility. And I got so passionate about my own financial life and found such peace and sanity in the midst of a bunch of craziness that I said, you know what, I need the world to know about these strategies and financial concepts that I was stumbling across, sort of like a blind man giving uh, someone else some bread. I just wanted to share what I was learning.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is a great way to like understand about what you're learning too, right? Like solidify it.
1: Oh yeah, you you only remember ten percent of what you hear, but you'll remember ninety percent of what you teach.
0: Hmm. So do you help businesses too, or is it more just on the personal side?
1: Well, yeah, everyone's a person individually first, um, but I would say that the vast majority, probably 55, 60% of my clients are in business for themselves, whether it's just a real estate project that they're working on or it's their full-time business that they're running. Um, and so, yeah, I, I believe that there's a certain spirit to the entrepreneur that just really attracts me. Um, and we're attracted together because I, I love the concept of control, confidence, best, best case scenarios, outcomes, uh, and... Taking control of your financial future sometimes involves starting a business. That's maybe Mm -hmm. 55, 60% of our clients.
0: Who would be your ideal client, would you say then?
1: You know, most people that I work with, like I say, are real estate investors, business owners. I've even had some NFL Super Bowl champions uh, that are clients of ours, and I've had the great privilege of working with all of them. But my ideal client is someone who just wants some certainty, some confidence in their financial future. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I feel like most people, deep down, they just sort of feel like they're tennis balls floating down the gutter of life. You know that, that it's just life is just happening to them. They don't know why their stock market portfolio got beat up last year. They just know that that's the way it is. You know, and and I I don't really jive well with people who are just willing to accept what what lot they've been given in their life. I guess the ideal client is someone who's more of a thermostat and less of a thermometer in their own life. They want to be able to control the environment as best you can. Now I get it. I'm I'm fully aware that we cannot control everything that happens to us, Uh, but we want to be able to at least swim upstream when we're caught in the rapids.
0: So how do you get in front of those
1: people? Quite candidly, having incredible conversations like we're having right now. Podcast guesting is my absolute thrill. It's my joy. It's what I love to do. Uh, as a way to introduce myself uh, humbly to new audiences and conversations with people like yourself. You're doing an incredible job with your business, with your podcast. Uh, I'm a lazy guy when it comes to getting out there and doing big stage presentations and traveling the country. I would much rather uh, have an intimate one-on-one conversation with uh, an impressive business owner like yourself and then speak to you and speak to your awesome audience and talk about Alternative, not so average financial strategies. Uh, to me, it makes more sense at this moment than spending a ton of money on Facebook ads that seem to just spend money down the drain. Maybe I just haven't figured out the that marketing angle yet. I know you're and an, uh, you've got an expert focus on creating systemized uh, funnels for for generating regular, consistent conversations with folks. What are you finding that's working these days?
0: Thank you. Well, a few different things, right? Like you say, it's podcasting, but you also need to go to where your market is, right? So if your guys are on LinkedIn or on the podcast, then you need to get in front of them that way, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're living in the future right now. You know, it used to be that we'd be shut out of uh, conversations. If you were in, a, if you wanted to go speak to dentists. Unless you were a dentist or uh, or ran a dental summit at some sort of hotel once a year, you'd very rarely get to talk to your target market. Mm-hmm. But now we have incredible things like podcasts or YouTube channels or blogs or, you know, even publishing books has become easier in this crazy world of the future that we live in. So, yeah, Thanks. if you're willing, you're, you're, you can find your target market and get to have the best relationships in your life.
0: So, what are some goals that you're working on in the next year or two?
1: Well, do you want the big, hairy, audacious goal, or do you want the like the annual, hey, we're going to stretch for it goal?
0: (laughs) Mm, Both.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, I've been privileged to get to work with more folks than I can handle. And so I'm only able to take on a limited number of clients every month. And that means. We have to multiply the the brain power around here, and I'm just I'm just one little tiny four pound knot of neurons over here. So having some colleagues, assistants, we've we've got a number of staff, we've got a number of colleagues and associates that work in my firm and around the country. Uh, but I'd like to see that double this year. That would be a you know a good stretch goal having having more people do what I do and have those you know reasonable financial planning conversations. I think um, that would be a great incremental goal. Now the big, hairy, audacious goal. What if even 10% of Canadians and Americans, what if just 10% of us were in complete control of our financial future? What if we knew with an absolute certainty that our financial goals will be met at a certain age that we'd know absolutely here's what our bottom line net worth will be when we're ready to retire what if we knew exactly how much money we'd have for our kids when it was time for them to send send them off to college? What if we knew absolutely what our income would be with a guarantee contractual with our future what our income would be when it was time for us to lean on that retirement income? I mean what would that do? What if just 10% of of uh, Americans Canadians had that in their portfolio? What would that do to their you know sense of well-being? What would that do to their sleep quality? What would that do to their marriages? What would that do to their relationships? I just feel like if just 10%, there'd be a tipping point in in this on this continent toward more sane, solid financial solutions that didn't rely on things that gave us a bunch of uh, heartburn or took us through pathways of unnecessary risk.
0: I was thinking that that's like the the overall energy would be one of more calm
1: and peace. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if our retirement didn't depend on who was tweeting what or who was, you know, selling what or buying what this or that? Um, I just think that, you know, why should my retirement future have anything to do with what somebody said or didn't say on on the Twitter sphere or on Wall Street?
0: Mm, right. Makes more sense that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you do a group sessions or more? Yeah, actually.
1: We, well, I work one-on-one in an advisory role with clients as a certified financial planner, um, but we do have an online community, which is uh, another way that I've been able to uh, try to leverage my time as best I can. And that's called Not Your Average Financial Community. And it's a free online space. It's off the, the, um, the wild west of Facebook and all that. Uh, and it's a private online space where folks can think different about their money, their economy, their future. And uh, each month, we go through a different element of the periodic table of abundance. I've created a uh, with what we call the periodic table of abundance. So every month, we focus on a different area of the financial universe. Remember the periodic table from chemo- like chemistry class? We've turned that into kind of a financial periodic table. So how about real estate? How about taxes? How about uh, charitable giving? How about retirement? How about insurance? You know, estate planning? Each of these are elements in your financial universe, and as a community, we can build better together when we, yeah, have these different elements at our disposal and and make sure we're not leaving anything, you know, uh, no rocks unturned. Let's say.
0: That's fun. Do you feel like there's like a roadblock at all, or what would you say is your number one roadblock that's maybe stopping you from reaching your your big goal?
1: Well. I think the capacity to scale and leverage is probably the the biggest hardest hurdle to overcome. And I'd say that's the the number one issue with most businesses is we get in our own way and um, have to find ways to fire ourselves. And then by leverage, I mean uh, giving it away to other qualified staff and uh, colleagues and partners who can help. Scale and leverage your time, your efforts, your energy, your expertise uh, to hand it off to more and more people. So, yeah, I I think that's been the biggest issue is just working alongside a a cadre of people who are on the journey and running with you. Totally thrilled that I'm a part of a larger movement of financial planners across the country and Canada. Uh, There's about 200 of us that are all uh, trained and certified in something known as Bank on Yourself, uh, which is sort of a, um, a group, a mastermind, if you will. But yeah, the biggest issue is just in my own financial firm, we've got about half a dozen or or so associates that I'm partners partners with, associates with. But what if that was 10x? Wouldn't that be interesting? What could that do to help uh, reach our goals?
0: What other lives could you reach and benefit with that, right? Exactly. What's the best advice that you have ever received?
1: Uh, The word potential comes to mind. Um, There's a lot of, Answers to that question, Virginia. So I'll just go with the first one. The word potential is both a exciting and terrifying word in my life. I think when you're a child, the word potential is is hopeful. It's exciting, you know. Wow, he's got such potential. She's got such potential. And yet it's also a terrifying word. What if it was on your gravestone? You know, Mark, wow, Mark Willis had such potential. (laughs) I don't want that on my gravestone. So how do I activate my potential? That's probably been probably been one of my most motivating uh, questions for or advice that I received from a mentor. And that's a consistent question that I think all of us can focus on. How do you activate your potential? If you're a rocket ship on the launch pad, it looks beautiful, glistening in the morning light. But if it's 35 years later and that rocket ship never launched, and it's still just sitting there on the launch pad, it's growing mold, it's you know, <laughs> leaking. <laughs> That's no longer a, a, a sign of hope. That's sort of a shame, in my opinion. Um, so how do we activate? How do we encourage? How do we draw out the latent power energy within ourselves and within our clients that we get to serve as well?
0: It is a big word, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, I, I tend to lean on the hopeful side of things. You know, I don't dwell on the uh, the the what ifs too much, but I do think it's something that you can wake up every day and say, hey, you know what? I've been given a gift one more time to get out of this bed and to go do something with the day. Uh, is this world going to be just a little bit better as a result of me, you know, hitting the floor and running off to my my stuff for the day? Uh, I'd like to say yes. Most days I try to get the yes out of me. Some days, uh, you know, We'll
0: see. <laughs> <laughs> You're human, right?
1: <laughs> That's right. We all gotta be.
0: What do you think the best advice that you've ever given is?
1: Well, my my daughter is still growing up, and we're teaching her about money, and we're teaching her more importantly about the principles of energy, time, attention. You know, money is actually just a kind of a codified version of energy and time and attention. So when you're talking to a six-year-old about stuff as big as money, you really want to do it in a way that doesn't overwhelm. So what we've been doing is trying to get her to memorize a little simple phrase, and, and it's kind of a two sides of a coin. And here it is: on one side of the coin, we're teaching her that there's always more where that came from. Where there's always more where that came from. That mindset of abundance. And on the other side, we are trying to teach her that, uh, yeah, if you, you know, the 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 phrase that I heard was waste not, want not. So if you can hold both of those kind of dichotomies in in your hand at the same time, there's always more where that came from. But also take everything that you have and really relish it, waste not, want not. Uh, you'll have a abundant life, one that's full of giving and an open hand and generous, but also making the most of every opportunity.
0: I like that. Thank you.
1: These are great questions.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um- You're welcome. Thanks for sharing with us. So, can you elaborate on how to make sure that even if we run out of money, we never run out of income?
1: Yeah, boy, that's a cool concept. And if it were possible, I'd want to know about it for sure. Um, (laughs) So, let's break that little question down. If we, you know, how do we, how do we make sure that even if we ran out of money, we never ran out of income? Uh, first, why is that an important question? Well, what is it we're actually doing when we save for the future, whether the future is retirement or you know whatever our future goal is? For many people, when they save money in traditional retirement plans, it's so that they can have an income in the future, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's not a that's not a genius sentence or anything. That's just stating the obvious. Brilliant flash of the obvious, a BFO as I call it. We're saving for a income. So what is it that happens when we put money into traditional retirement plans? Like your your country has, my country has. We have these traditional qualified retirement plans like 401ks, IRAs. When we do that, we're actually Putting money into a very inefficient system, if our goal is income, give you a case in point here. If you had uh, somehow been able to accumulate a million dollars in a retirement account, the best research for how much you could safely pull out of that retirement account as a stream of income is shocking. Most people, when they think, wow, I got a million dollars, I'm doing pretty good for myself. And then they talk to their financial advisor and they say, well, how much can I pull out of here? Ms. Financial Advisor, Mr. Financial Advisor. And the best research is telling them to respond with this number. Okay. So we got our million dollars, million big ones in our retirement account. And the financial advisor says you shouldn't take more than about 25 grand out in retirement. $25,000. A
0: month or overall? A year. Okay.
1: A year, yeah. Right. So (laughs) if you got a oh, that would be great a month, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So if you have a million dollars in a retirement account, you can't take more than twenty five grand a year out. You also can't ever take more than twenty five grand out for emergencies, health events, buying a you know retirement home. It's all locked up for that goal of straight income for the rest of your life. To me, I don't know about you. Virginia, I'd like to know your thoughts, but that does not seem very efficient. What do you think?
0: It sounds really below poverty level.
1: Yeah, especially when you factor in that that's going to be taxed. Ooh, yeah. You know, so are there other financial tools that are more efficient at um, giving us an income? You know, people are chasing rates of return. They call it a return on investment, ROI, return on investment. I don't care what the rate of return is. I don't care about my return on investment. I cannot spend a rate of return at the grocery store in my retirement years. I can only spend money at the grocery store. <laughs> so what was my rate of income? ROI for me stands for rate of income. And so I'd like to know, are there other financial tools besides traditional retirement accounts like 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, index funds, ETFs. Are there things other than those retail amateur investment products that are more efficient at creating a stream of income that we cannot outlive? Like your original question, even if we run out of money, how can we make sure we never run out of income? And yeah, there's other financial tools out there. uh, Some of them as old as the pyramids uh, that Have been around for thousands of years that create a stream of permanent, guaranteed lifetime income that lasts as long as we do. Even if we make it to 120 years old, it's still kicking off income for us, even if our accounts reach zero dollars. Most people have never heard of things like this. And yet, I think it should be at least a default option for the average Canadian or average American to make sure that they've got something that won't run out of income, even if they run short on money. Very true.
0: So do you help people in Canada, too, or just more in the US?
1: I work uh, across the country in the United States, and I have colleagues uh, who are also, you know, friends, peers, colleagues of mine who live all across uh, the provinces of Canada as well.
0: Okay. So anyone listening can basically get in touch, and then you can help them go where they are best suited
1: in terms of the help. That's right. Exactly right. And and make sure to save some room up there for us because we might need to move north of the border, if you know what I mean, before you know it.
0: <laughs> Watch your weather.
1: <laughs> That's right. Hey, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing.
0: <laughs> right. I'm prepared. <laughs> so is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you would like to share with us?
1: No one should care more about your money than you do. Uh, but the honest truth is everyone else has a plan for your money and like
0: everyone else has
1: an opinion right oh everyone has an opinion but everyone has a literally they have a plan for it they look at your net worth and they say they'll take some of that thank you very much and uh, you know the only the only guarantee in a traditional retirement plan is the fee that the <laughs> investment advisor is going to get and i don't just mean financial professionals i'm talking to everybody has a plan for your money i'm talking about the restaurants the Amazon has a plan for your money, um, certainly, at least in this household. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'd say just be aware of that. Be aware that if you do not have a plan for your money, everyone else will decide what it's going to do for them. And it's going to go work for them. If your money is unemployed, it's going to go look for work elsewhere. So make sure you've got a plan for every dollar, every uh, every uh, dollar in your account to make sure that it's doing what you want it to do. And... You know, over time, it's going to start making friends, and it, you're going to start hiring more dollars.
0: Yeah, they're they're your employees, right? That's right.
1: <laughs> That's right. Cool.
0: Well, where can we go to find out more about you and what you do?
1: Well, yeah, folks would like to dig into some of these not so average financial strategies. We've only touched the surface today, and you've um, you've asked some great questions. That's got me thinking a bit deeper about um, money but more importantly about life. So thank you, Virginia. The best place to go, if you'd like to have an initial consultation with me, we do just a 15-minute strategy conversation to answer any questions you might have about your personal goals, your concerns, your dreams, what you're trying to accomplish in your business or your life. You can go to kickstartwithmark.com. That's kickstartwithmark, with a K, dot com. And we can have that 15-minute strategy session over the phone or over Zoom. Uh, And what I found is after just 15 minutes, folks are typically more clear on what their next goals are, what their next steps need to be. And if I'm not a good fit, I'll be clear about that. If I can be of help, then I'll be clear about that as well. And we'll take first steps. That's kickstartwithmark.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Mark. And I've really enjoyed having you on the show with us.
1: Thank you. Have a great day. You too.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.